0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Belgian Football Podcast. As always, my name is Ben Jackson and I'll be your host for this episode. And I'm delighted to say that I have finally been joined by two special, special guests who I'm hoping will be able to join me on pretty much every episode as we go through the season. Um, so I'll let them introduce themselves. Firstly, I'll hand over to Joris. Joris, if you want to introduce yourself to everyone.
1: Yeah, of course, um, so I'm Joris, i um, Joris actually uh, in uh, Dutch, uh, since I'm a Dutch-speaking Belgian uh, from origin, uh, I'm 27, I moved to Hamburg two years ago, and uh, I'm a content manager in my professional life, uh, of course I'm a sports fan, but I'm also a language lover, um, yeah, that's about it, I think, for now. Yeah, Joris
0: is also a... Uh, a can- genk fan if i remember rightly i'm a genk fan yes yeah so that remember that when when we hear him speak about genk that he has got a slight bias but it's all good and uh scott if you want to introduce yourself to everyone as well
2: yeah, sure. Hi everyone. Um my kind of obviously big footy fan. Um my interest in kind of Belgian football really stems from a love of kind of Belgian culture generally, actually. Um I've been lucky enough to visit a couple of times, take in most of the major cities, uh Brussels, Ghent, Antwerp, uh, Bruges, Mechelen i um, hoping to get back at some point next year, perhaps, and uh, take in some of the sites that I haven't yet. Uh, but I've been interested in, in Belgian football for, for a number of years, actually, because it's a, just a really great competitive league, actually, um, with lots to talk about, as we're, as we're going to do.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, no, completely echo everything you just said there, Scott. Like, it's such a great league. And, yeah, you've definitely visited a fair few places, that's for sure. I'm hoping... Once fans allowed back in and travel lifted, we could all get over for a game. It would be great. Um, so, yeah, let's just crack on straight with this. We'll start with, a, as we did in the last episode, a review of the match f- week. We're into the second week now. Um, we'll just kick off a gear, I guess, with the um, the Friday night game, which saw Muscron uh, against Mechelen. Uh, Mechelen won 1-0. Again, Herve Coffee was impressive between the sticks, that's for sure. I'm definitely a big fan of him. Uh, he actually made two penalty saves. But each time the penalty had to be retaken because he had jumped off his line. And the third one, unfortunately, he almost got to, but couldn't quite get there. I thought it was a really good win for Mechelen in the end. They've now got four points from the two games. And yeah, it was a Nicola Storm penalty that decided it, really. So um, I'll go straight to you, Joris, for this first one. Um, Are you worried about Muscon and their kind of lack of goal-scoring threat up front? um yeah i think they they might have an issue there indeed luckily
1: indeed they have uh coffee uh in goal He's doing a great job so far but up front um i think they should um get someone in from there for them um to rack up some goals um uh, since so far
0: it's not looking good no maybe they could try and Swindle Jonathan David if he has a, a bad start in Lille, they could just <laughs> maybe see if he'll jump back across the border for a little bit. But yeah, and Scott, I'm not sure if you watched it, but there was a um, like a disallowed goal for Togwi, which I I don't know what you think. I thought he was on side. It looked kind of controversial. I don't know what you thought about that.
2: Yeah, I would I would agree with you, Ben. I think I think it was on side as well. Um, it's just kind of one of those, you know. Bad decisions, to be honest, um, which would still happen. They seem to be happening more and more often. But yeah, I, I think he was on as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Musgrove and I, I, I think they're going to be okay. But I think they're going to have a long season, um, along with a couple of other teams. Um, it's going to be a, a long slog for them, I think, and, and, unless they can pull some rabbits out of hats. I think um, definitely, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with both you guys. on. Um, like just watching the first two Muscron games, I was like, the, obviously they got that point in the first game, but it was because of that absolute screamer from Bakic. And then watching this one, mm. I was just like, where, I, I can't even remember who was playing up front for them, but I was just like, you're not, it's just, I didn't see something there that I was hoping for. But I think with Coffee and Goal, I think they, they'll probably be all right because he's going to keep them in every game.
2: Yeah, I yeah. I was, I was uh, the, the two penalty saves. You know, I was, I was struggling to find the last time any keeper anywhere has saved two penalties in the one game. Actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. Like. And like, yeah, it was just, and he almost got the third one as well. It was just crazy. It happened in in Underlicht uh,
1: versus K.V. Mechelen three three year, no three or five years ago I think where uh, she actually saved three of penalties of Anderlecht. He uh, <laughs> did three separate penalties. Uh, also, to come back to the offside goal, I do think it was a very correct decision, uh, but it was not about Togi, who was uh, offside, but uh, the Franks who was influencing the, mm. the goalkeeper, who was influencing yeah. the play. And, well, it was quite clear on the images that it was actually offside. If it yeah, should that's-
0: be, not be allowed then, I'm not sure. That's another discussion. But yeah. Mm -hmm. that's a good point that's a good point because when I was looking at Toggi I was like he looks on side but I didn't even think about looking at Franks in front of him but yeah interesting game I think you hope to see a couple more goals I'm not sure if Muscon are going to be my team to watch over the next few game days based on that I'd like to see a couple of goals and I'm not sure they're the ones we'll move on to another game and Saturday first game on Saturday was Genk against uh, Leuven finished 1-1 and I'm um, sure. So, yeah, we're definitely gonna talk a lot about this one, but I just Genk should have won this game. They had so many chances. I thought Leuven were good on the counter attack, to be fair to them. But you just think with the amount of firepower Genk have, they should be putting uh, the newly promoted team away. Uh, first game, first goal of the game went to Ito, which is a nice little screamer actually. But yes, weak yeah, foot. <laughs> yeah, weak foot as well. Yeah, can't <laughs> can't back, can't <laughs> hate on that. And then kind of opposite goal for, for Leuven is this really scrappy goal. But Henry gets his first goal of the season. And I looked at the stats on this one and Genk took 21 shots, four on target. Leuven had 10 shots, but also four of theirs on target. So, Scott, I'll go to you first on this one. Why do you think Genk were unable to just break Lervin down in this?
2: Well, it was kind of fairly obvious to me, so maybe they should give me hands job perhaps, but um, kind of this was one of four games, actually, I should say this was one of four games last weekend that I saw all of, and um, you're right, Gink, completely dominated it, should have won it. I think it comes down to a simple issue of just a bit more composure in front of goal, really. It's that once you're in the final third, wrong choice of pass, you know, that kind of thing, um, and the stats kind of back that up, Um Leuven, um, lucky to to, to get something out of it, I thought, Um, and I kind of said as much on my own Twitter account straight after the game. I was actually contacted by a a livid Leuven fan uh, who wasn't too happy that I thought they were lucky (laughs) to get a point because obviously there was that contentious penalty that they were denied in stoppage time. Um, yeah, would have been a smash and grab if they'd been given um but yeah, again, I think just just a wee bit more composure, I think, and that, that, that's all that was missing for me really
0: yeah no i i I guess we should talk about that penalty um I feel like me and yours, we spoke about this straight after the game i can't remember if you said you didn't think it was a penalty or if you were like uh i do i do it
1: it really is like uh, there was a small angle where you could think not. But, well, no, it was a clear fault in the end. So, um, yeah, we got lucky there. Well, we, we uh, got lucky there. Um, although they didn't get lucky in the, the rest of the game. But also yeah. they just didn't play well enough. Even even with all the chances, there were not that many clear-cut chances uh, among these shots. Um, yeah, the, the link-up lane in infra- front front uh, made things a bit difficult. It was not so well executed and yeah, still, I'm, I'm still bugged about game, uh, about the game, uh, mostly because of, um, sorry for going on for a while. So, um, and, um, yeah, about actually the changes being made, we were 1-0 up finally, and uh, then we got this defensive um, change um, of Kwasi getting in, yeah. um, which made Munoz, uh, for the second week running actually, this uh, this uh, was also a change in, in Zotowagem at the first uh, game this season. Uh which made Munoz, who is actually a uh, right back um play left winger for some reason, and that just seems weird. And there was not, well, we were um getting closer to our bone uh to the goal and uh getting giving the ball to uh, to Leuven and um yeah, we just brought them back
0: into the game uh, in this uh, with these changes. Yeah, I think kind of echoing what you said there, it's like I've kind of had a problem with Hannes Wolf for a while since the German days. Like I watched a couple of his German teams. I'm sure you probably saw a couple of his stuff in Hamburg, and it's just like yeah. he just makes these decisions that you're just like, I don't understand why you're doing it. Like he just kind of like that's an overcomplication of the tactics. Like why are you putting a right-back and left-wing. When you have plenty of left-wingers, you have good wingers in that team already. Like, do you need to do that? Um It's just a bizarre bizarre situation. But I, I wanted to also talk about Leuven. I don't know what you guys think of them so far. Like, I'm still not convinced that they are good enough for this level yet. I think they were lucky against Cass. Like, Cass had so many chances. This game, Genk have had so many chances, but they've come out with two points. So... Yeah, what do you guys think about them in terms of their ability to hang around in this division?
2: Uh, I I think, again, a bit like Muscron, I think it's going to be a long season for them, I think, unless something changes. Um, There's just not enough, I don't think, uh, all over the park at the moment for them, actually. Um, I think they're they're weak back to front. Um, Yeah, a long season again.
1: Yeah, especially with the injuries that they're having, which doesn't help them, of course, so like, I don't blame them for being so defensive this game. Uh, I hope they don't do it every game, but, well, I guess they're quite forced to right now. Uh, the one thing that speaks for them, though, is like, uh, like we saw, not in this game, but in the first game, the, the standard situations where the, the coach really uh, focuses on, which, of course, could get them a lot of points uh, over the season um, if they get lucky. Um, but, yeah, it will be a tough season for them anyway,
0: I, I believe. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree on that with both of you guys. Uh, let's move on to another tight game, that's for sure, in uh, RC Charloy against Ustend. Um, I actually saw on Twitter afterwards uh, the co- new coach of Ustend, Blessing was really pleased with the performance. Like He tweeted out that he was happy with his – I think he called them warriors or something for their baffling performance. Um <laughs> It was a bit of a slog. I tried to watch this one. It was a bit of a slog, and I was like, surely at some point, Charler were just going to score. They bring on um, Rizai, who I still can't pronounce his name. 76 minute. He finds the winner. Uh, Jorich, I'll go to you on this one. They were, KBO had no shots on target. Uh, do you think they're missing... I've been banging this drum. Like, Sakala. surely they need him back as soon as possible.
1: Yeah. I, I, I looked at, the, at their squads right before the this recording and uh, the striker section, it's quite depressing for them, I guess. There's no real goal scorer, and Sakala really could bring that. I like, I don't know if he's like the quality player, but he has shown that he can score some goals at least, which can might like, prove important for them um, over the season. Um, yeah. I guess they, they need Sakala and maybe another injection, but it depends a bit, of course. We don't want the squads to be. Thirty-five people. Well, only eleven can play, of course. Either um, for smaller teams, even though they got a rich owner. Um, yeah. yeah, I think they do need him.
0: Yeah, because like I like the look of Makhtar Gay. I think I like his size and his like strength and stuff and like. But he only scored four goals, I think, in the second division of France last year. Like, is that good enough? I'm not sure. Like, I just I agree, completely agree. with you, Like, where the goals coming from? In that team, like they've completely switched their like policy. They've gone to like these younger players, and it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced yet. I think they definitely, definitely need a win next game. Um, I'll oh, go to you on this. No, played... oh, sorry, for... Okay, for...
1: Uh, I think they actually played quite well though. Uh, they kept um from their goal for quite some time. Um, but yeah, if you can't score, you can't win. To throw in a cliche, of course.
0: Yeah, no, completely agree, um, Scott. I just want to see. Yeah, what's your opinion on Charlotte? You've seen them now play two completely different games this season. Like first game of the season, they had to defend a lot more, sit back. This mm-hmm. game, they were pressing on the front foot. Like, what, what, what is your impression of them so far in those two games?
2: I, I think, I, I, th- I think they're a very decent side. I really do. I mean, l- last year they had a, a really strong season, actually, um, and I, I think they're going to have another good one. Um they are a side I think that are uh, underrated's probably the the best word to use for the most part. I think they they don't kind of wow you um with anything in particular, but they're a they're a very efficient side, I think. Um and I think the balance in the team's kind of quite good, um which probably explains their consistency. Um so yeah, I mean I'm I'm kinda sort of enjoying watching them um for the most part. Uh, Ustend I think just to touch on them briefly I think obviously really really big turnaround in players there in their squad so I think they're hoping that that new injection of energy um, is going to help them kind of kick on a little bit Um, but again I I, I don't know about you but Ustend I think for me are going to yeah another long season for them I think unless a lot of the new signings kind of click quickly I think
0: yeah, no, I completely agree. <laughs> We're predicting a lot of long seasons for a lot of these teams, but it's kind of hard not to when you look at the squads and like their performances so far as indicators. But hopefully yeah. hopefully, some of them will start turning it around. Some players will just like kind of surprise us and step into form and really push on. Uh, speaking of underwhelming and disappointing teams, we'll go to Ghent next, who got beaten again second week in a row. Another upset this time against the team I could never pronounce, Gordiet. got Gordiet, thank you very much. There you go. See, that's the benefit of having someone <laughs> that knows how to speak the language. Um, <laughs> so one of the two languages, of least. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, there's rumors flying around that uh, Thorup is going. I haven't seen it confirmed yet. I don't know if you guys have seen anything confirmed. I haven't yet, but it looks like his time is probably up. Uh, First goal in this game, I really enjoyed. Uh, Muffy turn. Muffy with a fantastic turn, just completely done the defender and a lovely little left foot finish. Um, then that man, Plastoon, scored another set piece. It seems like that is Gent's only way to score this season is from set pieces. Uh, that was in the 59th minute. 83rd minute, Hannes van der Bruggen, who had actually, if you watched the highlights, he came close a couple of times in this game, finally found the net on the 83rd. Lovely finish. And yeah, troubling times for Gendt. Joris, I'll go to you first on this one. Mm -hmm. Do you think we can really blame Thorup for what's going on? Do you think it's kind of unfair to blame him when they've literally just lost their best player and not replaced him with anyone similar?
1: Well, this part I think is unfair, uh, but his uh, relationship with with the directors has always been a bit rocky. Two seasons ago, they lost the cup final against uh, uh, Mechelen, which at that time was uh, in second division, which was well, very also a very underwhelming performance, and they were very uh, they were not pleased about that. And last season, obviously, went went great, but um, the directors there were also a bit crazy, so um, they I think they still remember that, and they. Well, maybe they will actually give him the chance uh, against Antwerp uh, later on, but we'll talk about that. Um, Yeah, but I I don't think it's very fair for him now. I do think they already got a lot of new players though. Uh, They anticipated David leaving, but they didn't buy or try to buy uh, a replacement for him. And um, yeah, I think that just needs some time, which is normal.
0: Yeah, no, completely agree. Like I saw, they brought in Kleindienst, who's like, like he's just not the same player. They seem to like these like big strikers, and it's not. Yeah, that's just weird. Not... Yeah, yeah I mean... <laughs> and Klein—he hasn't really been given a chance yet, so I'm not sure. Um, Scott to, I don't know if you saw the game, but I was quite impressed with Moffy. Um What do you think we should be expecting from him this season going forward?
2: Well, I suppose I mean he'll he'll be looking, as will Kurt Reich, looking for some consistency, hopefully. Um, he can do that on a regular basis. Um I think I mean th- this was this was the second of the kind of four games last weekend that I actually saw all of. And Kurt Reich actually soaked up so much pressure in that game, actually. I mean, I was it was one of those games where you were just kind of waiting for kind of Ghent to score and then it doesn't happen. Um Kurt Reich, you know, not having most of the ball. Um, but taking taking two of their chances brilliantly when they did come, um, it's kind of a dream for a coach in a way that, you know, if you're hanging in a game to a certain extent like they were really, um, to get two chances and to take them, it just kind of completely turned the game really um, I, I I think our track are going to be okay, I, I don't put them in the, I'm not worried about them um, I, I think I think they'll be above the danger zone, shall we say? How how far away from that? I don't know, but I think they're going to be okay. Murphy um, just needs to find some consistency. I think just more finishes like that, and um, they'll they, they will have a very decent season. Again, this is this is a tough one, I think, because you know, is is Thorup going to get any of that twenty-eight million from Jonathan David's sale? Because all the indications are he's not. So. If you're going to get rid of Thorup, who um, has actually done a very good job there, there's no doubt he's improved them um, over the last couple of years, Um, you know, is is any new manager going to get given any of that money? Because I think for me, it's it's a balance issue with Ghent. It's what we were just touching on there with the two big strikers, I think losing Jonathan David as well has obviously altered the balance of the side in quite a big way, particularly offensively. So um, they just, for me, it's tweaks and readjustments rather than any major work. Um, It's just, you know, is he going to be given that chance? I actually checked earlier on today to see if he was still there. And as of now, um, he still is. But um, let's check after this evening.
0: Yeah, no, I, you just know we'll release this podcast and he'll be gone like the minute later. I feel like it always happens with these things because I've been checking all day, like if he's gone, we've got something big to talk about, but he's still there. And um, yeah, we'll look ahead to their game in the second half of this episode. Um, Another upset that happened just after that was a uh, circular against Antwerp 2-1. Paul Clement gets his first win as circular manager. And, yeah, I, I watched this game. I found it quite an interesting one. So gerkens got his debut goal for Antwerp after a really, really good cross from um, Z. I don't think he could miss. It was such a good ball. like completely just found him perfectly. Um, Second-half circular came out a lot better, and it was the striker Guillaume Benza. The young man got two goals, one in the 80th, one in the 86th minute, and they held on and got all three points. And that would be a really, really big result for them, really big loss for Antwerp. Um, Scott, I'll go to you on this one. So, I hyped up Antwerp quite a lot after the Cup Final. And so far, it's actually been kind of disappointing, just a point and then this defeat. What What's your impression of them? Why do you think they've actually struggled to score goals as well since the league started up again?
2: This one's a bit of a mystery to me, to be honest, uh, Ben, because like you, I was kind of quite excited by them. I mean, they were, they were absolutely fantastic in the Cup Final. Um, and they they're a very pacey, powerful athletic side. And you know, as I was saying in my Twitter, because I saw this game as well, saw all of this one, um, uh, they really know where the goal is. You know, um, they like to stretch teams, and w- when they're on it, they're great at cutting teams open. I think they're a, they're an exciting side to watch when they're playing well. Didn't 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 play particularly well, I have to say. Um, it was a bit like um, Ghent and Kortrijk. I was kind of waiting for Antwerp to score and then the floodgates to open a wee bit, but it, it didn't happen. Um, difficult to say. I, I don't know. I think it's just um, just one of those things really. Um, they've just had a slightly disappointing start. Circle, um, on the other hand, um, played quite well uh, for most of the game, I thought actually. The first half an hour, they were by far the better side without creating too many chances. Um, That was my worry about them, really. Um, Antwerp score, and I thought the game would really open up then, but but it kind of didn't. Um, Paul Clermont has actually um, really identified, obviously, where Cercla are are kind of weak and has tried to strengthen them up top. He's been, you know, this week working his Chelsea links a little bit to try and add some more firepower. Um, So the early indications with them, I think, are quite positive, just to see if it beds in, but... Antwerp will be all right, I think. There's enough there; they're a good side.
0: Yeah, no, I, I feel that like they should come good. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely impressed with Paul Clement. Like my last memory of Paul Clement was when he was manager of Reading, and it just went horribly wrong. But the transfer policy when he was there was terrible. I don't think he really got the support that he needed. Whereas I feel like this is a much better project suited to him. Like he's just a, I think he's a much better training ground coach than he is just like a backseat tactical sit the back manager and plan squads. I think if people help him out, he can get players and coach them well. Uh, one of those guys who's seen is Mbenza. Uh, Joris, do you think this guy is going to be someone that can get them like 10 goals this season? And yeah, what, what, have you, what was your impression of this guy so far as a striker? Um, well, to be honest, um, he might
1: reach 10 goals, but I think actually, I, I personally don't think it will happen, but he might uh, grab some. Um, and apart from his goals um I would say like of course it 's all about the goal, so um that's uh he 's got that for him, and it 's most important um but outside of his goals i, I didn 't find him really convincing. he also missed a big chance already in the first minute, which where he should have hit the target uh at least um he forces the goalkeeper to a save but uh for the rest um yeah, it's difficult to tell right now. And he also got a new striker already, I believe. Um, I
0: forgot to write down his name, but um, yeah, yeah, so, the um, the Chelsea guy, the kid from Chelsea, yes, exactly. yeah,
2: one, yeah.
0: <laughs> Can't remember his name, but yeah, <laughs> he comes. With, he was on loan in Holland last season. I think he got yeah, yeah, through yeah, thirteen goals or something. So yeah, he he looks like a good could be a good player. Yeah, let's see if that's uh, going to
1: be an addition or uh, a competition for him. Um, and also, uh, regarding Circa in general, um, I, I was quite quite uh, pleased with them as well, uh, didn't expect them this at this level, although they did look uh, really shaky at the back, uh, definitely the last few minutes it was, um, yeah, it was mayhem in the, at the back, uh, they should get that back in order, they got lucky that they did, did get away with it this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the rest, yeah, I, I do think they're looking good. Uh, and about Antwerp, I feel like they're still having, um, the same issues that they had the last years, uh, that being, they're more like a challenger and more, uh, they they like to be, uh, the counter-attacking team and when they have to get the, when they have most of the ball during the game, uh, then they have some difficulties, um, but I'm sure they will get through this. Um, Like maybe it's also somehow it's a bit weird with this cup win um, straight before the actual season starts again. Um, Yeah, there might be some decompression, um, I suppose, somehow. Uh, Also, I'm not that convinced about the transfers they're doing right now, bringing back players that um, were good in Belgium before, but uh, didn't make it in, uh, in Germany, for example, in the case of Um He's a good, decent player, but I'm not sure if he will get him, um, yeah, really at the top level that they want to reach.
0: Yeah, so Antwerp, yeah, I think I agree with you there, Joris, I think. Transfers may be a little bit dodgy. I don't know what you think about them, Scott, as well, in terms of like, transfers and cup final and the effect of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, it's a strange one. I was thinking uh, recently the cup final might might be working against them slightly in insofar as because there's so much fixture congestion now for everyone, um, you know, the cup final coming so close to the season starting, um, I don't know, are the, the squads still celebrating to a certain extent? I mean... <laughs> Those, those kind of natural rhythms of, you know, celebrating, having a short holiday, you know, having a pre-season, having the, you know, there's, there's a degree of chaos around everything at the moment. And I don't know if that's a factor. It's maybe a slight wild card. I, I agree with kind of Yoris. I think the, the transfer policy there is is a little bit odd. Um, I think they've got enough all over the park. I think they just need to, I suppose, get their groove on, really, uh, as we know they can do, um, like they did in the cup final.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to kind of be a work in progress. And I think it's fine for them with all the other teams dropping points at the moment Mm that the final table is going to look very different to how people are performing at the moment. But moving on to one team that are definitely performing very, very well at the moment is uh, Beershot. And they beat Zolta 3-1. And it was definitely the uh, Raphael Holtzhauser show. What a man, what a player, Uh, despite looking... Slightly older than he is. He's actually not in his 30s. He's in his 20s, despite how he looks. But, yeah, the big Austrian. Got two goals and assist in this game. So, he uh, provided the assistance for the opener to Dali in the 32nd minute, which actually took another VAR check before it was given. Uh, 57th minute, Saido Berrejino, one for the, the West Brom fans and the Stoke fans, uh, equalised at the back post. Bit of a scrappy finish, but he won't care. He gets off the mark for the season. Then... I can't remember what order these things happened, but either Holtzhauser scored a brilliant free kick, and then there was about a fifteen minute delay for rain, or there was a fifteen minute delay for rain, then he comes back on and a minute later he scores a free kick but either way, great free kick from him, and then his second goal, if you haven't seen it, I'd recommend finding the highlights on YouTube because he just absolutely does the defender with a nice little cut inside and then outside of the left foot into the bottom corner, Beershot get their second win and yeah yours. You, how impressive have you been with this team so far this season? I think from the, uh, the teams
1: that got, got uh, promoted, they are the one that um, yeah, actually also earned the promotion uh, in a regular way and not uh, via legal way. Um, but I do think they're the best prepared for this season, and um, they're doing they're doing quite well right now, well, very well even. But I do think they will also uh, keep on doing quite well. I don't think they will stay on the first spots uh, or in the in the first spots, but um, I think they should be able to, uh, um, yeah, get a mid-table finish by the end of the season. Um, yeah, and then Holt souther really is a great player. Um, he's he's kind of a player like from the older times, he doesn't run that much, but uh, his uh, free kicks uh, are great, and um, he knows, well, his technical ability, largest great, and um, that might already be enough. It's a player of big value for a team like this, and um, with, with all respect,
0: of course. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of his. Uh, I really enjoy watching him play. Uh, on the other hand, Scott, what, what do you think of Zolta? Like. Can you see positions that you think they just need to go out and get someone in the transfer window if they can? Do
2: um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not worried about them. I think I think they'll be all right. Um, I think sometimes they can be a bit of an easy touch. Um, they're a very capable side, I think, actually, um, who kind of tend to disappoint a little bit. Um, you know, if they go behind in a game, then, you know, they, pfft, I don't see them turning many games around I think they'll be okay I mean I, I yeah they'll they'll definitely be alright I think that they, they do need to add I think um they're a bit light in the middle for me I think um they they need to control the midfield more in games I think if they're going to take more points off teams I think um and the difference between you know draws and wins again you know um be poof Amazing start, really. Um, I don't know who, who was really the start of that game, whether it was the rain or uh, or Holhauser. Um, it certainly didn't upset his rhythm, that's for sure, because um, he had a, a really, really great game. Um, yeah, it's all probably all right.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree that I think there's definitely weaker teams than them, and I think they've got enough quality to probably sit into mid-table again this season, but yeah, hopefully they go out and get someone in the window. I think they could definitely do with someone. Um, moving on to oh sorry, sorry. Yeah,
1: I, I want to add a bit about Zulte. They they have some reeks, re, strange streaks over the last season. So they ended last season also with only one win and two draws in ten games. Then add these two games, it's already twelve games um, of which out of which they only got one win. The season uh before last season they also had a streak of uh eight losses in a row all at once and the season before that they also had one win and one draw in a 13-game streak like they're just a team like that um but um yeah the, i hope for them that this streak is not coming at the beginning of the season because in that case then um well it would look, start looking really bad for them of course it's uh, just a Strange statistical thing
0: that I find. No, that is that is super interesting. That is a ridiculous, ridiculous run of games, and to do that every single year almost just seems a bit. That's just odd. (laughs) How do you even explain that as a coach or as a as a team, like in general? It's just bizarre.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm also not really fond of the players are bringing in. Also, their transfer transfer um, Mm. transfers could be better, Mm. in my opinion.
0: But yeah, no. I, looking down their transfers, there was no one that really that really jumps out at you that you're like, yeah, no, he's definitely made that team better and like to step up into the next level.
1: Yeah, they tend to take. Uh, well, lately they tend to take older Belgian players that have proven their worth in the league, but they might be a bit, um, well, not reaching their top, but above their top uh, level and going mm-hmm. down in their level. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm
0: not sure if that's the right way to go. Yeah, speaking of teams that sign older players, let's move on to uh, Cass Eupen against Bruges. Uh, 4-0 for Bruges, or Brugger, <laughs> depending how you want to pronounce it. I feel sorry for Cass, because I feel like that first, these first two results of Bruges in the cup final and then against um, Charleroi has just kind of been like a massive stick. And Bruges have just been hit by that stick, and now they're, like, they're kind of woken up. And despite what... The game probably shouldn't have been played in the weather that it was. Like It was ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, 4-0 win. Diata, I thought, was brilliant. Got two goals. His first goal was a great, great finish. Uh, the young striker, Badgi, got his first goal of the season, which was definitely mm. a fortunate one. Keeper made a bit of a mess. And then, yeah, Van Aken and former combined for the fourth goal. And, yeah, poor old Cass, really. So, Scott, I'll go to you first on this one. Do you think, do you think Brugia back and do you think that someone like Badgie is the best man to lead the line, or do you think they should look at different options?
2: I think it's, it's, it's probably too early to say whether they're back or not. Um, I think they're still um, still my favourites for the title, again. Um, I've seen nothing to kind of change my mind about that really yet. Um, Badgie, I think, you know, again, it's another one of those... Um, can he find some consistency? I'm not sure that they know themselves at Bruges, really, kind of um, who who their main man is. To be honest, um, I, I think that's kind of up for grabs a little bit, um, and that that might be part of the problem. Um, there's enough experience and talent on this side, I think, to 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 start the consistency kind of coming again. That for the the first goal actually, the the mistake from the goalkeeper, I thought it was just you know it was one of those you know ground opening up moments um i think yeah. um, and there was kind of there was there's was, there was no going back after that really i i did think it was going to be a question of how many and, and that's kind of how it worked out um bruce will be happy to get such an emphatic victory i think now uh, after a disappointing start so um that that's maybe just got things out of their system for them a bit
0: yeah and no, I definitely felt like one of those once they started going it was never really going to go the other way um you're a speak- we've spoken a little bit about transfer policies of some teams. Um, what do you think about Cass? They're signing 30 plus year old former Barcelona players at the moment. No sign of Messi yet, although he was in the stands for this one. Um, <laughs> based on that performance, can you see him coming? Do you think he'll make the trip across from Spain?
1: Uh, I-, I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, well, who knows? They, they, they have this <laughs> Qatar link, um, I guess. So, um, yeah. They, they also sold a player to Barcelona. And not- a few years ago, and it's not the first uh, Barcelona, ex-Barcelona player that they, well, the first two, actually, then, uh, that they will bring in. Uh, they also had to get in, um, a few years ago. Uh, it's also a bit of their transfer policy, well, because of this category's um, money, I suppose. Uh, they also have uh, well, it's not Barcelona, but uh, some other players. Like right now, they also have Andreas Beck in there, um, still in their squad. He's not been re- really impressive, uh, but still, he have, has some German caps. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and well, Luis Garcia actually, that was the one example that did really well. So let's hope for for them that's the um, Adriano and uh, Victor Velasquez will be more in this league. Um, that he did really well and actually basically kept him kept them he kept, uh, I'm sorry for this he kept them uh, in the league uh, a few times only by himself basically uh, Luis Garcia um, yeah I don't know if, uh, we'll have to see on that um, I don't I'm not a real fan of this but it's it's a cool addition to they also always bring a story to the league at least <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah no that messy cut out.
1: Value, I don't know <laughs>
0: Yeah, the messy cutout was definitely like the highlight for them from this game, I think. Um, we'll move yeah. on. We'll move on to uh, Andelect. He who... was also
1: uh, the fun fact uh, well, fun, I don't know, but Banshee's goal, which was actually like, well, was the bad goalkeeping, was actually the first uh, striker goal by uh, Fergrooch in 2020, which sums up the issue.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, they just, I don't know, they just, it's like they don't need a striker, but then you're watching them, you're like, I wish you had a striker. You just think, (laughs) what is going Like, It's just, it kind of baffles me that you can win so many games. But I guess it's like kind of how modern football can go now. You can win without strikers if you have the right players in the right other positions.
1: Well, it's not that they, the thing is that they, it's not that they didn't try. They got like 20 million for, well, as I was doing well at Shardewa, but well, these loans, um, Mm. Uh, they also loaned Diani last year, which was a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Berike, <laughs> they, they paid a big sum. I, th- I do believe I do believe in Pupereke. I think he will actually become the main striker over time for Pumas. Mm-hmm. He's not being convincing and not consistent at all uh, so far. Inkmensic is one of these buys that you just don't get. Uh, they were they were behind an Argentinian um, youth international guys and then they, in January you know, they didn't get him, and then they just bought this guy for six and a half million. And I don't know, uh, it doesn't look very promising for him uh, so far. He didn't score uh, as well, um, yeah, and he's just not playing well and not playing at all lately.
0: Yeah, so I think yeah, I think we'll be seeing Badji for a couple more games based on that. Uh, shall we move on to uh, another Sunday game? Anderlecht against St. Luden. Uh, 3-1 win for Anderlecht. Uh, it was actually, in the end, it turned, turned out to be uh, coach for last game in charge. He's now been replaced with uh, Vincent Company, that little-known Belgian, former Belgian international centre-back that no one's ever heard of, but we will talk about him in the second half of the podcast. We won't go into that now. Um it was pretty poor defending for the first goal from St. Fluden. allowed um, Mikhailichenko to basically go from the halfway line all the way into the box and score. He did put a nice little bit of skill when he got closer to the box, but he should never have been allowed to get that far without any sort of resistance being put up. Uh, The job for the away side got even harder when um, Sancon was sent off literally just after half time. And I think literally from the resulting free kick... Di got his first goal of the season. Uh, Nelson Bolongo got one back for St. on the counter-attack near the end of the game, which, yeah, put them back in it, that's for sure. But Percy Tau then came on end of the game with a debut goal. And I read somewhere that in Belgium, every debut goal he scored for the ridiculous amount of Belgian teams that he's played for has actually been a chip. So there's clearly some <laughs> sort of betting syndicate out there that's putting bets on Percy Tau scoring chips. And he's, obliging every single time. Um, yeah, so Joris, I'll go to you. I think we should speak about Tao because I just feel like he gets speaks about a lot. Um, do you expect him to start more for Andlet this year than he did last year at Pflug? And what position do you think he should play if he does start?
1: Um, I, I do think he will um just because of a bit of less competition um well less there there's some youngsters um on the right wing side i do believe that's just gonna be his position uh mainly in this team um yeah on the right wing um uh, they just have some youngsters that didn't well they are not that consistent yet and i do think he will take some uh well he can he can fill in the that gap um and I do think that's quite a good transfer for them. Um, yeah, not sure what else I can add to that. I, I do believe he will get, get regular starts at the right wing.
0: Yeah, no, definitely after that goal as well. Uh, Scott, just want to pick your brains on St. and under the scariest man in football, Kevin Muscat. What what have you thought <laughs> of them so far? And do you reckon if they kept 11 men on the pitch, they could have got back into the game?
2: Um. Probably, probably not. I, th- I think you know, Anderlecht had too much for them um, on the whole. I think, um, It's too early to say. I think what sort of season St. Truden are going to have. I think um, they obviously had a great result um, first weekend, uh, beating Gent. Um, Kevin Muscat, such an interesting appointment, actually. Um, I, I kind of just don't get it, if I'm honest. Um, if you if you go and have a look at his kind of his CV, the, there's kind of nothing on it. The 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 you know, makes that uh, an obvious or an interesting appointment at all, and I would love to find out what the thinking was on that. Maybe there's maybe there's something around um, Kevin Muscat's personality and, and um, his coaching style that maybe St Truden think is, is something they're missing and might stand him in good stead over the course of the season, perhaps. Um, but it's a bit of an odd one. Um, I don't think, I mean... <sighs> You would you would think that there's very little hope for St. Truden, but actually, they, what they've shown in the first couple of games is perhaps they're not going to have as bad a season as 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 we thought before the season started. Um, but again, they're one of maybe four teams I would file under. It's going to be a long season ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think my thing with the Muscat appointment was just like it it just felt like one of those ones that could go either way. It could be an absolute disaster. Yeah. Or it could go really, really well, and so far it's kind of gone fifty-fifty. Obviously, only two games, so who knows? But yeah, I like you. I looked into his background, and I was just like, okay, he did all right in Melbourne, but that's the A-League. That's not. There's not the same pressures. Yeah. yeah. That you get in like a European top flight. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll wait and see on Kevin Muscat. Um the that's in his uh, in his style to be fair. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think I think I think that's right actually, and and that's the only thing in a way that kind of makes any sense to me with the appointment. They they mm. feel they need I don't know to use a cliche a bit of steel, um, and that's kind of obviously what you know he he brought as a player and and probably brings as as, as a manager. So if he can instill that in players, Yoris is right. I think they're the, the a side that you know very physical, don't play a lot of what as a general football fan you would call particularly attractive. Uh, Football to watch, sorry to St. Truden fans. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, Kevin Muscat.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you just say it and it sounds weird. <laughs> we'll move on to the final game, the Monday night game, which saw Beverlyn take on standards. And and were probably the surprise team of the first round beating um, KVK. And they took the lead in this one. Uh, it was actually quite quite. De- it was decent build-up play for the goal There's a bit of terrible defending on the right-hand side From Standard But um, yeah, Schre- uh finished off A good little cross And ten minutes later Probably my goal of the week uh, Amala with a wonderful mm. Volley to get Standard back in the game Well worth a watch And then three minutes later, Bastion scored a pretty decent Goal himself, got his second of the season And Standard got their second win Um Scott, I'll go to you to start with. Um, with Beveren, what do you think they're going to be better than last season, or do you expect them to still be not even just a long season, but a very, very long season?
2: Very, very, very long. <laughs> um, I think they've had a good start, obviously, um, which is surprised kind of everybody. Um, and 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 maybe they were determined to have a good start, and the hope that that might kind of say kind of an early pace for them um, you know the pick up some points early kind of theory um, to leave yourself a little bit of wiggle room perhaps um, I think you know taking the lead in that game was kind of very much against the run of play actually you know Standard were um, playing quite well um, and a bit like uh, with uh, Circle and, and Antwerp last weekend I was really just waiting for kind of Standard to score and then and then things to really open up didn't happen that way uh, Vaslan's Vasteland's goal was brilliant actually brilliantly taken mm. Um, very physical side again um, not not great to watch certainly at the moment um, I don't think there were some really really wild challenges flying in that game especially in the first half um, that was something I kind of put out on my own Twitter account while I was watching it there was a few kind of gasp out loud moments I thought um, to such an extent that I was beginning to wonder whether there was a beef that these two had that, that I wasn't aware of <laughs> uh, but I don't, th- I don't think there is I think it was just you know just pure, pure pure emotion um getting the better of players. Um I, I don't think I don't think they have enough. I think they're gonna struggle. Um I think the better sides um are gonna pick them off much like happened in this game really.
0: I agree. Yeah, I know you've got some strong feelings on them, Yoris. I I from our WhatsApp chat. Um yeah, I think part of me feels that they shouldn't be they just shouldn't be in this league anyway, so it's kind of a bit unfair yeah. to them they're here in the first place but hey if 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 they're going to compete at least then that's fine by me um let's let's move on to standard then so yorosh i've I've put this question in here obviously it's two games in so it's ridiculously early but based on what you've seen so far and bearing in mind they're adding a striker potentially in jackson muleka who is kind of he's he's known in the african continent he's like one of the big stars that's coming through whether he can translate that to Europe is un- unknown, but he could be the striker for them. Do you think they could challenge for the title? Like, do you think they have a good enough squad depth to challenge for the title this year?
1: Uh, I Actually, uh, I think I agree with Scott that there's no, no one going to be near Bruges this year. Um, well, I hope I'm proven wrong, but uh, yeah. <laughs> at least, at least it's good, that's good, that there's going to be some competition on fronts. But I do think they are among the teams that can challenge them, though. Um, if I have the big teams. Uh, and indeed, Muleka, um, yeah, it's, it's promising. It's always a bit difficult to predict how fast he will um, adjust to being in Europe, um, since uh, Genk actually also had uh, one of his predecessors, you should also know him uh, by now, uh, Samata. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He also needed half a year, half a season at Genk uh, before him. Um, Transforming into a really uh, good striker, um, yeah, depending on that ad- adaptation, I do think they do need uh, a striker though. So I hope for the, for them. I hope they, that Mulekac can fill in that uh, fill in that gap for them. And I do think they will be like, challenging for places to uh, well for the first playoff places. So to to uh, well the top four at least. I think they. definitely
0: get there and once you get there we never know yeah no absolutely uh so yeah that wraps up our review of match week two we'll just take a quick break now and then on the other side we will preview round three